0: Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy! I had a lot of fun. Even though you're tired, have you had a lot of fun so far at camp? It's been a blast. Um, What do I want to do? I want to find out where all the camps are. Where's Horsemanship Camp? Make some noise, Horsemanship. Um, Where is Adventure Camp? Where's Classic Camp? Did did I miss? Did I miss any other camps? Paintball camp. Where's paintball camp? Wow. Okay. Can we get some markers and just you know light you guys up right now? Um. Man, uh, look at your neighbor. Look him. Look him in the eyes. You know, give him those lovey-dovey eyes. Just kidding. Don't do that. Look. Look. Look at him and say you're not in control. Now slap him in the face and say, no, just kidding, don't do that. I asked you a question uh, first night. I'm going to put it right back here on the screen. Is it possible to be calm in the middle of absolute chaos? Um, Last night I told you about a chaotic moment in my life. Still, hands down, the worst day of my life. Maybe some of you can relate. Maybe you've had some of those terrible days. Hopefully you haven't. Yet, um, but maybe you have. Maybe you can relate to that. Um, You got to have something to hold on to, you know. Uh, For me, it is it's Christ. It's been Christ for um, over twenty five years now. You know, almost um, almost thirty years, and it's a good thing because um, I've not always felt good about things that are happening in my life. Things uh, that. Uh, people said to me, things that I've experienced, but I've just held on to the fact that God is good. Everybody say that, God is good. good. I want to share a verse with you. Um, Read this out loud, okay? The Lord is a refuge. Read it it out loud. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Uh, In other words, What this scripture is telling us is that there's a safe place that you can run to. There's a strong tower, a stronghold. There there is a rock that you can cling to in moments of chaos when things are out of control. But here's a question. I kind of alluded to this earlier. There we go. Am I throwing you off back there, Jake? Am I doing that? Okay, gotcha. If it's possible to be calm in the middle of absolute chaos, why don't I experience it more often? We know there's a strong tower. We know we we know we can go to the Lord. We know we have someone that's trustworthy, someone that that, that we can uh, cling to, some that someone that we can talk to. But most of the time, we still feel like we're Barely keeping our heads above water, um, you know we're just kind of flailing out there in the middle of the ocean. Uh, on, on last week, around the Fourth of July, look at those faces, look at those smiles. Aren't they beautiful smiles? Uh, the the girl in front is my daughter Aria. Uh, she's nine years old, and then uh, the girl actually in the front of the boat that's my niece, Cadence, and she is eleven years old, and they are having a blast. And we have this tradition in our family, every 4th of July, we go canoeing together with um, my, my sister-in-law, Hannah, uh, her children, uh, our family, uh, sometimes people from the church, you know, they, they call us, hey, are you going on the Brandywine again this year? Yeah, we're going. Can we go with you? Yes, that kind of thing. And so it normally ends up there's you know 30, 40 of us uh, canoeing down the river on the 4th of July. We have a great time. Does it look like these two girls are having a great time? They're having a blast. What you can't see from this picture is that I'm in the back steering the canoe, and what kind of time do you think I'm having? Just, I'm having a hard time. And it's not because I don't know how to canoe. I've canoed for years. It's not because I don't know anything about the water. I grew grew up on the water. It's because just before this picture was taken, these two beautiful little punks flipped my canoe. I have never, and it was—it wasn't intentional. I have never flipped a canoe or raft unintentionally in my entire life. I prided myself in that, and in fact, I was so proud of this fact that I've never tipped the canoe this particular year. Martha said, "Hey, um, where's your wet bag?" And I was like, ah, "I don't need it. Don't need it. Never tipped a canoe before." She said, "Well." You do you do remember that Cadence and Ari are gonna be riding with you. Yeah, they rode with me last year, not a problem. It was fine. So we put all the dry stuff in my canoe. Phones, battery chargers. Oh yeah, it was it was all in the canoe. And it was all ruined. And so we get everything. Cadence loses her glasses, her prescription glasses, they're gone, but she's still having a blast. And I'm back there looking at this, at these two beautiful girls that I love with all my heart, that I would lay my life down for. I'm looking at this beautiful, you know, scenic uh, creek and you know river that we that we've you know gone down years, year upon year upon year. And in the back, I there's this battle that's just absolutely tearing me apart inside because if you look at this picture you can see some other canoes right none of those canoes are people that were in our group like my wife she left me she was gone like she she just like went way ahead of us my sister-in-law she was gone uh, our, my friend my friends they were gone Oh, we had nine boats on the river. Eight of them were gone. They were just, they just went ahead. How do you think I feel about that? Oh, man, I was like, <sighs> do they know the meaning of family outing? Like when you go out with your family, you expect to be with your family so i'm like i if if they were me if they flipped their boats i would be hanging out with them i would be helping them i'd be i'd be making sure that they were still having a good time and then i was like you know what it's beautiful out here two beautiful girls we're having fun Aria's signing at everybody that's, that we're passing. They don't care about us at all. Wow, that's a beautiful bridge. I just want to be at home right now. I am not going to fireworks tonight. As soon as I see Martha, I'm telling her I'm staying home. And I'm going to tell her, I'm, I'm going to make up a good excuse. I'm going to tell her that I'm going to work on my message for Sunday. I mean, she can't argue with that, right? Hey, babe, listen, I know that fireworks are important to you. Being with the kids on the 4th of July is important to you. But I was mad. I was upset. They shouldn't have done this to me. Now, this sounds silly, but can you guys relate to this, right? Maybe it happened to you today. You wanted to go to the pool. Your friends played ga-ga-ga. What kind of friends are they? Right? You know, what's got You Yo, know, don't ask. It's crazy. It's fun. I almost got sick playing it last night. Almost gave myself another concussion. Slamming into the side of that thing. But here's what happens. In that moment when I'm sitting in the back of the boat, what can I do about everyone else that was in front of me? Nothing. And, and, and here, here's what we often do. When we can't control something in our lives, when we can't control uh, the chaos, when we can't control what someone says to us, when we can't control how our parents feel about us, when we can't control that, we start making up stories in our head. Have you ever done that? You, you, you make up stories about uh, how they feel about you, about how they're Talking about you. Well, I bet they're up there just having a great time, splashing each other, making fun of me for flipping the boat. I asked Martha after I calmed down. We were, we were talking about this and laughing about it. But I asked her, she's like, No, we, we, none of us were together either. And it got even worse. Like, once I got to the end of the, the seven mile journey, they were nowhere to be found. They had already taken the bus back to the, the place. And so I was getting even angrier. I'm like, what in the world? How insensitive! Those thoughtless people. What I didn't know was that they didn't have a choice. The, 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 the leaders of the of, of the trip they were forcing people to get on the bus because they had 67 canoes on the river that day. So had had I had I showed up and started ripping into my wife and my kids and, and all my friends for leaving me behind, who would have been the fool? I would have been, right? Because I, I didn't know. But I assume that I knew this is what happens when we when we can't control stuff. We just we start making up stuff because we think that. We're in control. It feels good to be in control, doesn't it? When you're angry, you think you're in control, but you're really not in control. And here's why feelings of chaos often win over feelings of calm, because our emotions and our experiences can lie to us. But that good feeling of being in control, it's just not real. I want to read something to you from the Bible. Psalm 16, uh, verse 9. If you got a Bible, look it up. If not, just read, read this on the screen. Man, this this thing is driving me insane. Here we go. I can't control this. Lord, Control control my controller. Here we go. I'm happy from the inside out. And from the outside in, I'm firmly formed. I'm happy from the inside out, and from the outside in, I'm firmly formed. The first part of that verse, it tells us something very interesting. It tells us that our emotions can shape how people see us, right? So in his case, he was happy. In David's case, in this moment, he was happy. And he was happy from where? From the inside out. So when people saw him, they saw what? A happy dude, but if you're angry, what are people going to see? They can see your anger. If you're bitter, people can see that you're bitter. If you're resentful, people can see that you're resentful. Your emotions can shape how people see you. And the second thing that this verse tells us is that your experiences or from what's outside in, that's what happens to you, Right? That's flipping the boat. My experience of flipping the boat, it it was forming how I saw everybody else. It was forming how I saw myself. And, And if we're not careful, we can even allow our emotions and experiences to form how we view the world. Have you ever met someone that just has a cynical worldview? Everything's negative. Everything's bad. Everybody's bad. Well, it's probably because they've experienced some pretty bad things. And they've allowed those experiences to, to mold them and to shape them into who they are. You can let what you feel control you. Raise your hand if you've ever let your emotions get the best of you. Right? Man, where's Ben? Ben from Adventure Camp. Where's Ben? Ben, like, I wanna give Ben a shout out. Let's, let Ben ben and i today we we both uh, we, we both accomplished something didn't we ben we 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 defeated the high ropes course what some of you may not know about me is that I have a a, a very real fear of heights i just i just do and and ben he said the same thing this morning, but we paired up as as a team, and Ben and I were partners, and we went around the. In fact, I even tried to get him to take a shortcut. I was like, "Hey Ben, are you ready to you ready to go do, to go go back now?" And Ben was like, "Oh no, we're doing the whole thing." And I'm like, "That's that's what I was gonna say. We're, we're doing the whole thing." But Ben, I, I want you to know that you challenged me today. You challenged me, and together we accomplished some great things. Can you help me give Ben a round of applause? Man, he, it was incredible. But what we what we didn't do today was allow our fear of heights to control us. That's what bravery is, right? It, it wouldn't be, you know, it, it wouldn't be a brave act if you weren't afraid. It's not about not being afraid. It's just not letting that fear Control what you do. So today was pretty cool, and and I, Ben, I'm going to cherish that moment, uh, those moments. It was two and a half hours, right? Uh, I was hoping to get up to the giant swing with the the girl adventure camp, uh, but but man, uh, it just it took us a little bit longer than uh, than I thought on that high ropes course. But we made it. I'm still alive. Ben's still alive. We had a good time. Uh, you can let what you feel control you. You can let what happens to you control you. And this is what we were talking about last night, right? A lot of the chaos that we experience in life is from the outside in. And this is what the psalmist was talking about. From the outside in, he said, I am firmly formed. Now, I know some of you, you came up to me after the service. We talked, you know, up at the block party we talked as we were walking up to the block party at at, at, at the wagon wheel, and, and you said, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry that you lost your brother, and, and I appreciate that, I really do." But some of you said, "I really, I really related to that statement when you said that someone had taken advantage of someone, and you know if we're not careful." We can allow what happens to us to shape how we think about ourselves, what we believe about ourselves. Maybe some of you believe that you're unlovable because you've been treated a certain way, because someone said something to you or something someone did something to you. Or maybe you think you're, you're just a negative person. Because your, your, your mom or your, your brother always always tells you that you're a negative person. Or maybe because you just seem to have a lot of bad experiences. Have you ever felt like that? Like, like nothing good ever happens to you? You just have one bad experience after another? And pretty soon you start to believe these lies that things, bad things happen to you because, maybe because you're a bad person. Or maybe God doesn't care about you. But here's the thing about our emotions and our experiences. Um, and by the way, our, our emotions are good. Like all of the emotions that we have, that like none of them uh, are, are are bad. They're 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 good. It's it's not about you know anger. Anger even isn't a bad emotion. It's, it's what we do with that anger. Anger is simply an emotion. We're created with it, right? joy is an emotion or happiness is an emotion we've got all these kinds of emotions but what are we doing with these emotions that's that's the question and here here's what i want you to, to think about Wh- whatever controls you shapes you like you're not ever really in control like when I was sitting back there on the boat looking at Aria and Cadence and, and fuming and having this battle inside, I, w- I was convincing myself that I had a little bit of control, but I really wasn't in control. What was in control of me in those moments? My emotions were in control. My experience was dictating w- w- how I felt. But I wasn't in control. The Bible says that for, for believers, the joy of the Lord is our strength, Right? So, so, where does that come from? That comes from that comes from him. We can choose that. You're never really in control. Uh, but whatever controls you shapes who you are, what you do, what you believe, what you become, the kind of impact that you have on life. Here's kind of a, an illustration that I want you to see. Has anyone ever seen this movie, Inside Out? Um when I first saw this movie, I thought it was kind of silly, but then I watched it again. It's actually a really powerful movie. And it was kind of a um a brave move on Pixar's part, by the way, because um it's all about emotions. And 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 all of these emotions uh are depicted inside the mind of an eleven-year-old girl named Riley. I mean, if that's not like a, a tough job description. I'm not 100% sure where it is, but um, Pixar was given this task to get inside the mind of an 11-year-old girl and depict an out-of-control moment in her life. Um, her parents just told her that she was going to be moving from everything that she had known to a, a strange place, and she was afraid. And 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 and, and pretty soon, we, we get a glimpse inside of her mind, and all these emotions are are just just swirling around and and it's taking her to some really dark places and I'm going to show you a video clip here in a moment but on this video clip you're going to find Riley on a train she decided to run away from home she didn't know what else to do she didn't know how uh, to, to handle all of these things that she was feeling she didn't know how to handle all of the experiences that she was having in this moment so she just she just runs away well, in the movie, you kind of see this battle between the emotion of sadness and the emotion of joy. Joy was feeling like, uh, I've got to make Riley happy. Whatever, whatever I do, I just got to make her feel happy. And sadness was like, well, happiness isn't everything. Sadness uh, and pain in a person's life plays an important and a vital role as well. And so that's what you kind of see in this video clip. It's about four minutes long, it's a little lengthy, but but it's it's really important. I want you to, to pay attention to it. Check this out. This is sadness. hasn't even seen Riley all day. What, what was she wearing last year? You don't remember what Riley? Oh, oh we were worried sick. Where have you been? It's so late. Oh. I miss home, I miss Ooh. Minnesota. took hikes in the backyard where you used to play Spring Lake where you learned to skate there's so much here i mean we could spend hours dissecting that 4 minute clip but what like what a powerful image of what our what we experience and what we emotion what we feel can can lead us to where it can lead us they could lead us down a, a wrong path like this train that riley was on away from her parents who loved her I mean, the, her parents—that's who she trusted, right? And, and that—and that's where she was headed. And then she—and then she actually allowed her memories, her pain, her sadness, to take her back to the very place, not home, but to where to where her parents were. Now, I love it here in this clip when when the emotion, joy, lets sadness kind of begin to work in Riley's mind. And and that's that's really what my goal was last night. I kind of wanted to bring sadness to the surface. Do you think I achieved that goal last night? Like I, I wanted I wanted to bring the pain to the surface. Tonight's a little bit lighter because now you can do something with that pain. Now you can you, you can choose to take that pain somewhere. And and often we, we choose to take the pain to the wrong places, to the wrong people, to, to the wrong outlets. Or we could take it to Jesus. But we've always got this power struggle, don't we? We've got this struggle, this, 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 this battle that's raging inside of us. We want to control things so badly. But when Riley just kind of gave up control, she experienced a deeper kind of happiness that she never would have experienced otherwise. She, she experienced love in a way that she probably had never experienced from her parents before. I don't want you to be mad at me. Her parents weren't mad at her. Her parents were so thankful that she was finally honest with them. You know, God wants you to be honest with Him, and He wants you to not shy away from your pain. He he doesn't want you to shy away from your struggle. He doesn't want you to shy away from the trouble. He doesn't want you to shy away from the chaos. You know, some of us we like to ignore it, right? We we try to ignore it, and so we just kind of isolate ourselves from from everyone and everything that 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 that's good, everyone that cares about us. Some of us try to uh, pile on uh, bad habits, bad character traits, and none of that works. Some of us try to to just fill our fill our lives with as much good as possible. That doesn't even work, does it? Because at the end of the day, we, we lay our heads down on our pillows and we're still unhappy. We're still confused by all of this chaos that we see in the world. Why don't you see something from the book of Psalms? David said, you've seen my misery. You've known the troubles in my soul. Have mercy on me, Lord, because I'm. This is exactly what Riley did. My eyes, my soul, my body—they they waste away from grief. My life is exhausted from sorrow. My years from groaning. My strength staggers under the weight of my guilt. My bones waste away. But look at this. I love this next part. I trust you, Lord. Let's go back. Misery, that's hurt, right? Troubles, that's hurt. Does anyone have troubles in their soul right now? Chaos that you that you experience? Okay, look at this. Distress, in my eyes, my soul, my body. Literally, David's like, man, I just, I, I don't know if I can take another step. I don't know if I can wake up this morning. I don't know if I want to wake up this morning. My life is exhausted. My, my year's from groaning. It's hurt, 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 sadness, sadness, sadness. But where is his sadness taking him? Where did his pain take him? Someone, someone answered, where, where did it take him? I trust in you who? Lord. It took him to a place to a person that was trustworthy, his strong tower, his his refuge. He said, my future is in your hands. He said, God, everything's out of control. Everything's chaotic, but here you go. I'm bringing my struggle to you. I'm bringing my sin to you. I I, I have no future without you. It's kind of how I felt when I met this girl. This is my wife, Martha, 14 years ago when we got married. What you can't know from this picture is that about 18 months before this picture was taken, it was on a Friday. It was on a, it was on a Friday. I had driven to um, a jewelry store, and I had picked out the perfect ring. And I used most of the money that I had. I was 20 years old. Didn't wasn't, or I was almost 19 at the time. We got married when we were 20. I bought the ring. I had it, I held it in my hand for an entire day. And um, that evening I went to go ask Martha to marry me. And I had the ring in my hand. And I was as I was walking up to her and to ask her to go to go out with me, um I was gonna lead her someplace as romantic as I could possibly think of. I am not a romantic person, but I was trying really hard in this moment. and Martha said, "I think we need some space." Yeah." Can you believe her? She looked at me. She said, I th- she, is she back there? She said, everyone's looking for her. I don't think she's here. I've told this story countless times. I, she said, I, th- I think we need some space. And I was like, I, I, I want, in that moment, I wanted to take that ring and throw it in her face right? I wanted to. And th- I didn't do that because I knew like, that would be, a ba- that was a bad idea. So, so then I thought, I'll just flush the ring down the toilet. So I went to the bathroom and, and I was like, no, I can't do that. Yeah, we got married. That's why I showed you this picture, <laughs> Worried, he's like crying out here. Did you guys ever get married? Yeah, man, we've been married 14 years. We have four kids. Things are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so uh, I I I hop in a, in a vehicle. I drive down to a river and I you know, chuck it in the river. I know like, I'm like I'm struggling here, right? I mean, I've got I'm confused because she's she, like in that same you know like I'm, I'm like she's like I need some space, so I just start walking away, right? And she's like, but I love you, and I'm like, what, what, what? I'm so confused, and, and I'm and I'm angry and frustrated. I, mean, I just spent a ton of money. And so, you know, for hours I'm just like oscillating back and forth and and finally I I go to a chapel. Walk into the chapel. I get on my knees and I'm like, "Lord, I love Martha with with all my heart." And I was going to propose to her tonight. And she said, we needed some space. And I just, like, is it is it me? And the Lord said, yes, it is you. And I said, should I go talk with her? Should I tell her it's me? And he said, I sensed this. I didn't hear this audibly. But in my head, I sensed, no, that's the worst thing you can do. So I said, what do I do? I literally sat, I was like on my knees in this chapel, and I was like, like, God, tell me what to do. Have you ever seen Bruce Almighty? It's like, (laughs) show me, right? I didn't see any flashing lights. I didn't see anything like that. I just sensed in my head that I should pray. So that's what I did. So I woke up the next morning, and said, God, what should I do? And I sensed that I should pray. So I did. I woke up the next morning, and I said, God, what should I do? I sensed that I should pray, so that's what I did. I woke up the next morning. This went on for a week. Next Friday rolls around. The ring's not in the toilet. It's not in the river. I, I had put it back in its case. It was in the, the top drawer of my dresser, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm on my knees, and I'm praying, God, what should I do? Go ask Martha to marry you. What? She just broke up with me. I mean, a week ago was a sure thing. I'm like, this is, this is a done deal. I'm getting married. This is awesome. But now I wasn't so sure. I was scared. Now there was a little bit of a risk, right? I said, God, like she just broke up with me. He's like, dude, you just been praying for a week what you should do. Now I'm telling you what you should do. Go ask Martha to marry you. I said, when? He said, not now. I'm like, okay. So I grabbed the ring, took it out of the box, and I'm walking around all day long. I'm at work, and I've got this ring in my hand. I'm trying to work with one hand. I've got this ring in my hand. It's about 6.30 in the evening. Martha's off of work. I go see her. We walk out into uh, a a place that was special to both of us, and uh, it was actually a ropes course. It was a ropes course. So uh, she is sitting on a swinging log, She's sitting on a swinging log. And like my romantic idea was like completely gone out of the water. I, like we were going to do a horseback ride down, you know, a trail. And have, I was going to have a fire. My guitar was going to be there. And it was going to be this cool thing. And I guess God was just telling me, like, Aaron, you just got to be you, dude. That is not you. So I sit her on a ropes course and I knelt down on one knee. And I said, Martha, the Lord's really been working in my heart, but I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I said some other things that, you know, only she will know for the rest of our lives. And um, I said, Will you marry me? And I, I took out the ring, I gave it to her, and she said, The ring doesn't fit. And I was like, I'm like, This girl is tough. She is tough. And then, of course, she laughed. Martha and I, we, have, we, we were best friends. You know, I said, I married my best friend, and that's true. And even in that moment, that, that kind of set the tone for our marriage. We both laughed together. Um, I had gotten the size of her finger uh, from her friend. She was supposed to do that research for me, and she failed miserably. <laughs> but Martha, she put the ring on her pinky finger, and she wrapped her arms around my neck, and she said, Are you kidding me? She said yes. She said yes. But the struggle is real, isn't it? Isn't the struggle real? This power struggle that we've got, man, it's real. Things happen to us that we can't control. I couldn't control whether or not Martha was gonna marry me. I couldn't control that. I wanted that to happen. I'm so glad it did happen. But I had to I had to face the music, I had to face the reality that it might not happen. You can't control everything that you you feel, you can't control everything that happens to you, but you can take your feelings to a trustworthy source. And all your experiences, you can give them to Jesus. And this is what Jesus says, actually. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Because Jesus isn't about uh, the pursuit of religion. He's about the pursuit of him, right? Of a relationship with him. There's some religion in it, but that's a theology lesson. Jesus wants you to be with him. He says, get away with me. Come away with me. I had to get away from that scenario. I had to get away from that situation. And look at this. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I talked to more than a dozen of you last night, more than, more than a dozen of you, more than two dozen of you this morning and this afternoon and through the day. And I know that, a lot of you are just tired of trying to control your life. Stop trying to control it. You don't have to ignore the pain. Riley didn't ignore the pain. She recognized the pain. And once that pain came to the surface, she was able to do something positive about it. The only thing you can control is the choice of who or what controls you. You're not in control. Your emotions are controlling you. Your experiences are controlling you. The Bible says we have an enemy. He he can control you. Or you can let Jesus control you. I'm not going to ask you to make a commitment for Jesus tonight. We're going to do that tomorrow night. We're going to talk about what it means to surrender and how to live out of control. But tonight I just want you to think about the power struggle. Are you struggling with this? Are you struggling with with your emotions getting the best of you, with your experiences, the things that have happened to you, kind of dictating or determining who you who you think you are, what you believe about yourself, and what you believe about everybody else, how you treat other people? Why don't you just think about this verse that we just read, and hopefully in your small groups tonight, if you you know I, I gave your counselors some questions and uh, counselors, I just want to encourage you, like if don't you don't need to use them. Just like, just read this verse again. Are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion? Get away with me. Get away with Jesus, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. The struggle is we're real. I want you to embrace the struggle, but know that you can go to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're th- I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you the strong tower and the refuge that we can run to that we can hide in that 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 um, assures us of love and of value and of significance and of security thank you for all of those things that you promised to us thank you for the emotions that we have even for the experiences the good and the bad ones that you say you're taking all of that and making it uh, work together for uh, the good of our being conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. God, I I want you to control me because I want you to shape who I become. I don't want my emotions to shape me. I don't want my experience to shape me. I want Jesus to shape me. And I pray that these campers would make that decision this week to allow Jesus to shape them, to stop trying to control their life, to stop trying to control everybody else in their life to stop trying to control the situations that they experience in life, but simply to let you have control and allow your control through what they feel and what they experience to be formed a person that represents you in this world that so desperately needs to see the light of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.